everybody, and welcome back to the Jaluminati Podcast, episode 187. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the Fry and Laurie of LA. Hey! Jesse and Alex. Now there's a question. Hey! Now there's a question. A little a bit of Fry and Laurie, you know what I'm the... You now know? there's a question. Which one's Fry and which one's Laurie? Um, who's Stuart Little's dad? Stuart Little, oh my god, I've seen that movie. Stuart Little's dad and the guy... From QI. The guy from QI. I'm more of a, a Stuart Little's dad. Let's not pretend. I really don't. I, w- I would have said the opposite. Is that weird? I know who I am. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was going to say the opposite, Ooh. but then I realized deep down, I know what I am. A mouse father. Because I, I can't raise any kids, but a mouse I could handle. Like a rambunctious, precocious mouse who wears pants. <laughs> I could handle that. In a New York brownstone, teaching him yeah. how to sail. Yeah. Like your daddy's. Taught you how to sail. All right, yeah. I was, didn't know if that was going to continue or if that was where the thought ended. Nope, that's where that's where the thought ends. No, I get it. He's a mouse father. A yeah. mouse father. Jesse is a mouse daddy. Yeah. He, yeah. You can be our daddy by giving us money. Mm. <laughs> you can be our daddy? <laughs> that's, that's the relationship good, right? you want to cultivate with people at patreon.com slash pod in return for Ooh. all kinds of great stuff like ad-free episodes? Ooh. That's what you want to do? We just watched a brand new movie oh. for a brand new episode, and the only way you can watch it is by becoming one of our daddies. Becoming our daddy. Let me tell you See, something you, about But every time you sign up for Patreon, you only get to choose one of us to be daddy for. So Ugh. you got to choose wisely. Ugh, don't do that. Don't do. Don't make them have to choose between us. You're gonna if you watch this this month's Rotten Popcorn, you're gonna find <laughs> out how your own grandfather can become your daddy just real quick. What? Are oh, I forgot that movie was a thing. Elf. That was. That was, I felt like, I felt like I ate shrooms and just like went in another place for like an hour and a half. Can I just, this is for a teaser for everybody. Can I just get like your briefest, like favorite scene in that movie? Mine is when the camera turns and the elf has a gun. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about it. It is, it comes out, it's just insane. My favorite one is when Santa wakes up and he's sleeping in the room with the the dead body outline. (laughs) That's right. My favorite is the fact that there is at least a 15 minute plot point about a piece of tape on a door that is they go to that like <laughs> 10 times. It's madness. The mom, the mom who is just a whole other thing, which just by the way, fucking- don't watch this with your kids. That's all. Don't I'm watch say. this with no, anyone. No, don't yeah, even this watch is not, it. Don't just This skip- is all about Nazis. You should skip this one. That's my no, advice. No, you to definitely should. This, this was maybe one of the, my favorite movies that we watched this together. Is. This was a truly upsetting, <sighs> arguably a snuff film. Uh, arguably a snuff film. Arguably I mean, a snuff I film. Don't, <laughs> I don't know if I agree with it. But you don't uh, know if you disagree either, right? Right. That's the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's, uh, that's the big problem. Oh, did you see? We finally got that horns picture, boys. I know I shared it with you, but we haven't talked about it yet. I. I love it. Yeah. The, the, remember that that reader story that says they can see horns and you we told oh, them yeah, like the picture. I thought you said horn picture. Yeah, they drew the picture. They drew the picture. I I I I am concerned, but also very impressed about mine personally. Well, you have three because you're extra horny. Well, you, well, Alex has three with a fourth nub and poking out. Well, that's because Alex is you know horny but balanced. I'm beyond. You're beyond. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm beyond. I have two very average horns, and frankly, I'm here for it. Yeah, you're like, I don't know how you got the most normal out of all what of them. What can I say? I'm the most normal. That's what That's people tune in for. Jesse, the most normal cocks. That's true. That's what they're here for. And you were called out on Twitter. Did you see that? 
for being a liar? What, you, who? what? What did I lie about? What are you talking about? It was a, apparently at a Cox and Crendor live, a redheaded witch told you that, that would wanted you to come and join her coven and was like all into you and stuff. Oh, yeah, but because no, she that said happens. the word ritual, because she said ritual, you were like, I'm out. Yeah, no, I uh, absolutely. She, she wanted me to join a coven and I was like, that sounds like a trap. <laughs> I'll be honest. But that's exactly what you asked for last episode. So, you know, you, you know it seems like, like your taste, taste change. People change. Okay. So you, if time, she came to the next live show. I wasn't show. ready for a coven. But 100 <laughs> episodes of the show later, maybe I am. People yeah, we change, primed you. We, People we primed change. you for her. That's going to be like one huh? of those things where Bugs Bunny gets walked into the kitchen and they put him in the nice big bathtub. And then they fill yeah. it with <laughs> nice... Carrots white wine and, and aromatic and cutting up carrots and onions. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. there, yeah. He's like, yeah, uh, get a little warm in here, Doc. <laughs> and Jesse's just happy, feet up. This is the best yeah. coven I've ever decided to be like Laszlo in that What We Do in the Dark episode about the witches when they get kidnapped. Laszlo. I have not, I'm not seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what that is. Um, you know so. what? Look it up. <laughs> okay, I'll look it up at some point. All right, well, I've got to broaden your, your horizons even further today, Jesse. We're going to open your eyes. It's 2023, our first episode of 2023. Don't even know what I don't even know. I know, man. I, you know, and that is honestly the key to life right there, Alex. I appreciate that thought. Uh, it's 2023, and while 2023 is probably going to be the year of True Crime Part 2, there's also going to be crazy shit still. Is that and right? It is, and today's a crazy shit episode. I don't want to start 2023 on a downer. I don't want to make people feel vulnerable and afraid as a new year births them into this earth. Instead, I want them to be filled with wonder and curiosity. You know, that childhood aura that we all lose around 30 years old or, or further, depending. And that's why I've made a list of 23 mysteries. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, 23, 20, 23 part one mysteries or whatever the fuck we called that. I can't believe that was a year ago already, by the way. We're, we're about to be in our fifth year next month. Next month is our five, five year years anniversary. Five years of this? Yes, sir. You're only as young as you say you are. Yeah, damn My right. grandma has said she's 39 since she was 39. <laughs> she still is 39. Uh, in, so the past couple of episodes have really kind of had my brain churning. A lot of alien stuff has been uh, kind of put in front of me recently. I have also come across a bunch of alien stuff in the past week. The, your poor text messages have been filled with me ranting and pictures. And I think it's justified. It's some pretty good stuff. That article, I see, but can, can we just, the first article I'd sent you with that awful alien face sat on the front of it. Yeah. Like, that's the problem with UFO reporting right there. No one is going to take that article, no matter what is written in it, seriously, with that goddamn picture. It's, it's like uh, in the it's like in the Phoenix Lights where the mayor came out and he was like wearing he had like the fake aliens with him and stuff. And then later, <laughs> yeah, yeah, was yeah like, exactly. He like recanted everything. But because he did that, it was like ruined forever. Yeah, exactly. See, that's the kind of thing that happens. But the Calvin, uh, the Calvin photo is I mean, that's been around for about a year now, uh, but it's it's kind of like showed up and shushed very quickly. Um, so that's something I'd love to talk about later. Uh, but we're going to talk about something a little less, how do I say, realistic uh, without making it sound like fake. it's fake. Okay, no, we can't go that way. Because today is all about Eisenhower's, not his first meeting, where he signed the Treaty of Grieta, which is the treaty between the Greys and, uh, and the humans, where, you know, as we talked the about... The treaty between the Greys and the humans is called Grieta? Mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, we, we talk, that's, that's where the MJ-12 stuff happened, you know, that kind of thing. No, uh, in fact, there were multiple more meetings that Eisenhower had with aliens. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about the time 
Eisenhower met an alien by the name of Valiant Thor. If you're about to tell me this is a, a one of those tall whites, I'm going to lose my mind. Valiant Thor? He is not a tall white. He is a Venusian. The hell's a Venusian? From Venus, bro. That's damn right. Correct. I've heard of Valiant. I have, I have heard of Valiant Thor. I don't really know the story. I, all okay. I know is that he talked to the president. That's the main, yes, uh, he did. That's the main thing. Like he did. he talked to Eisenhower. It was a lot of... Uh, yeah, no, that's exactly what it's like. He said, that thing came up and bet me. <laughs> yep, got it. Nailed it. That's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you have questions, Jesse, now's the time to put them forward. Maybe I can help you out. But yeah, Valiant Thor is a Venusian. what to even ask. I All couldn't right, well, tell you where to start with. You're why at- does he have the name of a Marvel Comics miniseries? Yeah, Didn't get there. I just- or did Marvel Comics steal his name and use it as inspiration? I have a feeling they were... Probably thinking of the Asgardian right, 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 yeah. Well, your first question should be, where does the story come from? Why in the hell are we talking about it? And who is the person telling the story? And that's where I say, don't worry. Our sources are extremely legit today. Oh, the first and main source that we're using for this is a book by the name of Stranger at the Pentagon written by, and I kid you not, Dr. K- uh, Dr. Frank Stranges. Dr. Stranges? <laughs> Dr. Stranges. Yes, correct. And that is Dr. Stranges. And his book on Thor. Why does that sound like a Marvel miniseries? <laughs> Doctor Strange is his name. Uh, and he died in 2008, born in 1924. Uh, this is the man who claims to have been a friend of Valiant Thor personally. Uh, he knew him directly. Valiant uh, Thor's but, friend, like, Doctor Strange. Like Mork from Mork? Doctor Strange is correct. Uh, and you might, well, but, like, but was, was Strange's there for the meeting between Valiant Thor and the president? No, good sirs. He no, was not. that was Tony no, Stark. He was hanging out with Iron Man's no. and Captain America's. There was only one. There was only one witness to this. A man by the name of Jerry Light, and he witnessed Doctor Light. Doctor, no, no, he wasn't a doctor. Just okay. a man. Okay, oh no doctor. Creator of Mega Man X. Uh, and Jerry Light was able to witness this, not physically in person but by an out-of-body astral projection where he watched the meeting between... Dr. Strange is astral projected to the no, meeting! No, 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 Jerry Light astral projected to witness the meeting between Valiant Thor and President Eisenhower. Dr. Strangest met Valiant Thor separately and became very good friends with him over time. Is that all? Do we got that all set up? Yeah, everything and good? Hulk and Iron Man, and they Hulk's became the Avengers. And That's Hulk's right. and Iron yeah, Man's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Incredibles Hulks. Stranger at the Pentagon is the main source, as well as a varying wide amount of internet resources, particularly uh, nickufo.org, um, which I will link you to later. Don't go a, there yet. I'm saving that for a minute. Yeah, we're gonna go there. That's Doctor. Yeah, that was Doctor Strange's homepage. Oh. That was Doctor Strange's website. And it's the thing he, he founded on his own. So very quick about who this man was, who wrote this book, who claimed friendship with Valiant Thor, uh, was uh, born in 1927 and died in 2008. And he was a very religious man, so much so that he was going to uh, uh, the preschool. Crap, it literally left my, my name, my, my, my brain. Uh, secular, secular school. He was going to secular school where he was you know, uh, very much on his ro- on the road to becoming a, a priest. And through his uh, time there, he started getting curious about UFOs. Is that what a secular and, school is? I think that's the uh, wrong whatever, word. Whatever. I'm, I'm messing up what the name of the preschool a is. Seminary? Priest school. A seminary. Uh, how to become a priest. Seminary. Catholic, 
Yeah, seminary. Yeah, correct. There seminary? You go. Close. Secular, seminary. No, two complete opposite vastly of each different other. things. Yeah. yeah. Secular, you know, I wish the priest was secular. I don't know. Non-religious, you know. Um, either way, he was he started questioning UFOs. This is during like the the 40s and 50s when things in the UFO world were getting really, really popular. There were a lot of supposed sightings and a lot of potential government conspiracies happening. And instead of like his other students amongst him laughing at it and making fun of it, it gripped his attention. He said there had to be something at the center of this. Now, he didn't give way to uh, his religious beliefs and in, in, in belief of UFOs. In fact, he believes and says he was told that Jesus Christ himself was an alien and not the alien that we talked about in that other episode where Jesus is leading a fleet of ships on his own. No, no, no. Jesus is God made flesh, but also an alien and God is real. Can I tell you something? Out of all the wacky things we talk about in this show, the longer I live, the more I'm inclined to believe Jesus was an alien because I don't know any humans out there preaching kindness and loving one another. It's just, I don't think it's a thing we Damn. do. So I'm convinced it's an alien. He oh, was like, shit. I bring you peace. I bring you love. And yeah, we were like, none of that here. Thanks. So yeah, I believe it. Dr. Strange has wrote a lot of books. Um, videos, lectures, audio, CDs, and in fact, he sold all of these. Uh, again, Stranger, Stranger in, at the Pentagon is the one we're using, but to give you a taste of some of his writings, Outwitting Tomorrow, Angels, Millennium Seven, Spacecraft Over Earth. Are these the disco UFO records? Is that what you said? <laughs> no, these are his books. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> these are his well. books. Uh, the UFO Conspiracy, and uh, there's... There's Nazi UFO secrets and bases exposed. So there's a little, a little smorgasbord of uh, the books he's written over the many years. Uh, and in true fashion, if you want to order one of these, I'm going to link you now, boys. Uh, there's an order form you have to print out <laughs> and mail to his, to his wife, or was, you know, uh, widow now. Um, and you can see all the books right there. Uh, there's a Spanish edition that costs a dollar extra. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can still buy these absolutely right now. Look at the UFO websites fall into two categories. Hurts to read with neon green and, and like black background or boring. This looks like Hypnospace out. This looks like Hypnospace Outlaw. Yeah, all of them made on GeoCities. All yeah. of them on GeoCities. Yeah, 100%. This looks like it's um, compatible with the Sega Dreamcast browser. <laughs> That's you know what? That's actually like weirdly accurate <laughs> has that like blue green color that they like used for all computer stuff before 1999 yeah if anybody wants to see this by the way nicufo.org and you can just check out the website um click on the order form and just like look at that sucker there's a literal like like what do you call those jpeg images from microsoft word of a what i think is a fax machine on this thing do you yeah. see this yeah it's like a clip art it's like a yeah it's a clip art it's it's like it's exactly what you would expect a website like this to have. Also, the old branding for Visa and Mastercard from like the yes, like a, like a couple brandings all. ago. Now I I don't know if this she's still taking orders or not. Um, Yo, this is just in Chatsworth. It's, it's not, not that far, far from yeah, me. It's, that, oh really? You guys are like close? Well, it's a PO box, so we don't know exactly oh, what okay, we're okay. to. But the PO box for gotcha, it is gotcha. very close. It's not that far from here. Yeah. The Strangers at the Pentagon book self published, unsurprisingly. Uh, it was the first book after he went self-published. The previous book he wrote, Saucer Mania, 
uh, ended up being a huge bomb and um, <laughs> like did not sell Doctor it all. Doctor Strange's and, and Saucer Mania. This is all Marvel. And Saucer Mania? Uh, are you trying That's to tell me some of this? To the yeah. Multiverse of Madness. Are you, trying, <laughs> are you trying to tell me that this might be make it made up? Because... Well, uh, I did yeah. a lot of work on this. All right, this is, this is a lot went into this. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't believe that you would come to us with the fake name Doctor Strange's. <laughs> yeah, and his yeah, friend no. Thor Doctor Strange's dude, Valiant Thor. Okay, <laughs> Valiant Thor and Thor. their book yeah. UFO or whatever it is, Alien Mania. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, think you'd make that up. Saucer Mania. So as I, I presented to you. That uh, in, in the Majestic 12 episode we did just a few weeks ago, the one of the first times, if not the first time, human contact with aliens was when Eisenhower left that night, which he did leave. Like he actually left Palm Springs, disappeared for a night for a supposed dentist appointment, which, by the way, there is uh, denter, dental records of every time he, he serviced like the president or whatever, because they're like meticulous about this. And on this particular night, for whatever reason, there is no record of the dental thing happening. Um, regardless, again, that doesn't mean he wasn't doing anything government related and secret and using it as a cover for that. Just I'm not I'm not implying that means the aliens are real in case there's somebody out there being like, I, he believes I want to I believe, but not necessarily this story. Anyway, <laughs> I believe some things, but not this. What? Yeah, exactly. Um, that wasn't the first time aliens had arrived at Earth. In fact, they've been visiting our planet for centuries. Uh, with the first reconnaissance exploration voyage that confirmed that there indeed was life here on the third planet from the sun. They were out looking for life and they found us. Uh, they watched us as uh, we kind of grew and evolved. They watched uh, trying to figure out what to do with us, uh, to observe us, to intervene and help us. Uh, they, they actually did intervene a few times where they beamed pilots out of their ships to save their lives. Now, if you ask me for, or this particular gentleman for an example, uh, I can't give you one. But Valiant Thor told him this, so why would he lie? Why would he self-publish a Good book question. like this? Good question. Good question. You know, um, solid defense. Really, though, you got me there. Yeah. Why really, would Valiant you. Thor lie? No, no, no. Why would Doctor Strange's lie? Oh, oh. I mean, I have a lot of reasons for that. Doctor <laughs> Strange's <laughs> money. Sell a book? Yeah, I know. No, are you trying to tell me this is one of the guys trying to make a buck off the whole UFO thing? I would never. I would never. I'm not, right, look, I'm not going to touch that. it. I'm not going to touch it. I would and I appreciate that. that. Um, so yeah, this is all things they've been visiting Earth for quite some time. But it's a, in 1945 that the Earth itself ended up becoming surrounded by 100 spaceships in order to protect the fragile atmosphere which surrounds it because a chain atomic reaction could easily have resulted because of the separation of elements in the air when we bomb, when we use the nuclear bomb. That was a real life worry, by the way, of like, it sets off a chain reaction, supposed to like, you know, never ending explosion that wipes everybody out. That was like a concern of Oppenheimer and so on, but it didn't happen. Didn't they stop were him. able to like, didn't no, stop like him he, he found a way it. to like, he, he, you know, no, that's the problem is it did not stop him. Um, but UFOs, a hundred of them surrounded earth and protected our atmosphere from that, preventing us from being destroyed and many other problems, a ripple effect, so to speak. I'm pretty sure that's just an the episode of Stargate universe. SG-1, but like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is the, the factual story of Valiant Thor who landed on Earth and went to go see the president and then lived on Earth for a while, which we'll, we'll get to, don't you worry. 
Uh, this is what they considered the first aerial physical display of their existence to try and show us simple creatures here on planet Earth that they are real, that they are not, that we are not alone in the universe. And obviously that didn't really work. There's most people still didn't believe. And, um, you know, I don't know where those hundred saucers were in the sky, but I don't think anybody saw them is the thing. I don't think there was any actual eyeballs that saw any one of the hundred of them protecting So why are we even, how did we even, how do we know about them? Well, let me tell you how we know about all of this. I got you. In March, on March 16th, 1957, in Alexandria, Virginia, one of the leaders, considered the fine, one of the finest leaders of the planet Venus, self-described, operating under the direction of the central control and who had been chosen to make the contact with us as well as direct this project of his, landed his craft and was immediately met by two police officers who, for whatever reason, immediately drew their weapons and pointed them at him. Illegal alien. Welcome to Earth. That's kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And especially back in the 50s, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's scary. But because he is one of their finest leaders and he is a talented diplomat, he initiated a thought transference, quickly convincing the police officers that he meant no harm. And he was ushered into the back of their- Dude talked his way out of a ticket? Amazing. Not only, you know, he's psychic is there, his way out are, of a ticket. Are there details on that? Or is that just, is it magic? What? Like what? Your simple mind couldn't understand. You're, you couldn't understand. Oh. It's too beyond. Your simple mind. You tell me that alien, that alien watches Rick and Morty? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a galaxy brain. He, yeah, Pickle Rick, man. Yeah, yeah, Pickle Rick. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. And so he got in the back of their control uh, patrol car and in a kind of like, he didn't, in a kind of cliche way, he more or less was like, take me to your leader. <laughs> he really was just like, can you bring me to your president? And they did. They crossed over into Washington, D.C., and they were met by the Secretary of Defense, along with six of his staff members. Soon, police from every district and agency all joined in, trying to claim their right to escort this supposed alien to President Dwight D. Eisenhower. He, there was, he, he was an like, argument because he's just so popular. No, I want to like, show the president. No, I want to show the president. <laughs> no, I want to show the president. Yeah, I know, I know what that's like. Yeah. Little Rascals episode? Yeah. <laughs> Three <laughs> Stooges. Three Stooges. <laughs> Show the president an alien. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, <laughs> alien, eh? <laughs> yeah. He goes to poke his eyes, but then he puts his, his hands, hands up. up right, he blocks it. Eyes. Yeah. He's like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Well, yeah. Valiant Thor was a man in control. He didn't want and need any of them to help him. And through what the author calls, quote, unquote, his own version of the power of positive thinking, he was basically able to mentally make them all go away. <laughs> he was just like tra- mental transference. Uh, he dismissed them all. And he literally just walked past through security posts, followed by an Air Force captain. He just was just, you know, we're, if this is a true story, by the way, I just want you to realize how fucked we are. If one alien can land and just thought and control everybody with very little effort, walk right up to the we president. All, we already knew no that. Issues. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, that's true. Yeah. No matter we're what. We're already aware of how doomed we are. So that's true. That's very true. Uh, obviously, uh, everybody around him was like thrown into a kind of a panic, almost like a, a chaos. They didn't know what to do with him, but they couldn't really stop him because he was just mind forcing them not to. And he wanted to go meet the president because he had uh, a direct order from 
the Space High Council. That's like the UN of space. To go introduce himself. Yeah, basically. You kind of, yeah, more or less. Uh, and though the his order and decree was not written in any earthly languages, he gave the power through his mind to properly translate any inscribed messages he handed them. Uh, Captain Gould, and it's important to know that that's not his real name for the sake of this man's privacy, asked him to remain, and after downing, uh, after downing two plain bourbons, he said to himself, my God, why couldn't have had this happened on my day off? What? Wait, okay, wait. Who drank the bourbons? Captain him Gould. Or the- Captain Gould oh, drank. Captain Gould. He, he took him in because he followed him in, and then he was... He was just so stressed out that he yeah. shot... Two fucking bourbons. He shot two fucking bourbons and asked why it just had. Why couldn't this happen on his day off? Why is that in the historical record? You want to know what's even better? We have a picture of Valiant Thor. We have multiple pictures of Valiant Thor of people who were so excited they just started taking like because they didn't they were like it's an alien it's an alien and they were taking pictures of him. Now it's important to know that much like the Nordics. These Venusians are human looking, not tall and white and blonde. Uh, in fact, this guy looked slightly purple, according to the book. Um, but they look like humans. Uh, okay. Obviously, our photos here are in black and white. But I'm going to give you the first very blank, plain photo of Valiant Thor. And it's not like a speck in the distance. It's a very close up photo okay. of this man. Great. There you go. That's Valiant Thor. That's a dude. That's a human. No, it's Valiant Thor. And uh, if that even if that doesn't convince you, it looks like James Bond. This is Valiant Thor uh, writing on his tablet that I just talked about. His writing future on his tablet? tablet. Yeah, his future tablet in a in a language you don't understand. Which one is Valiant Thor? The guy holding the tablet. Duh. Oh, you mean that newspaper? No, no, that's a tablet. What the fuck are you talking about? All right, we're continuing. I feel like this is <laughs> you're making up words for things. I'm not. I promise. I swear to you. He has purple skin. Slightly purple, like slightly purple. All right. Thank you. That's okay. So he's just he just looks like young Chris Cooper in a suit. Yeah. uh, Yes. Exactly. Yes. 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 (laughs) So just that's Valiant Thor marching by the security straight into the White House. The door opened and suddenly six armed guards led by Valiant Thor to what appeared to be an elevator. It went rapidly to the bottom most level. Maximum security was in place. And after transferring to an underground train, they sped toward the White House. Six officials, six armed guards and three Secret Service members escorted him. And he just kept picking up more and more and more dudes as he kept going. Uh, They all escorted him to the office of President Eisenhower, where he would meet the president for the very first time. From behind the desk, the president rose while the Secret Service men remained nervous and supposedly uneasy. This is just the first five minutes of X-Men 2. No, this happened before X-Men 2. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, this is this book came out in the 70s. Yeah, 1976. No, no. Wait, did X-Men 2 copy this book? Uh, there you go. That's My what I'm name saying. is Kurt Wagner. <laughs> uh, obviously, as the president, the president reached out his hand, to, uh, or rather, uh, uh, Valiant Thor reached out his hand to shake the president's, the Secret Service men drew their revolvers immediately in reaction to him re- reaching his, for, his hand forward and pointed them all at Valiant Thor, which at this point in the book, I just want to be, uh, point out, this, the author calls him Vi now. V-A-I. Vi- that's like, like Arcane? Vi. I mean, League of Legends? No, like, that's like a nickname. Like a nickname. <laughs> V-A-I. Vi? Yeah, yeah. He just uses it such casually and expects you to understand what he means. Vi? I don't know why. It's very that's bizarre. That's short for I just, Valiant I just, no, Thor? I just know I had written that I need to like... 
for some reason, he just switches from using going to Valiant Thor to Vi, and then that's he never says anything. How does Valiant it. Thor become Vi? I, we'll find out. Don't you worry. Wow. I've got I've got you. He hasn't even met the writer of this book yet. He hasn't even like this in the timeline. We only of the know story, this because of remote viewing. Right, exactly. We only know so, that this occurred because somebody remote viewed it. Uh, yeah, ex thank you very much. That's almost okay. like they just imagined it, if you think about it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you boys the, the conversation that happened, and one of you needs to be Eisenhower, and one of you needs to be Valiant Thor. Uh, it starts out with the president and goes back and forth from there. So who wants to be President Eisenhower? Of course, you know, we have suspended all rules of protocol. I, I have a good feeling towards you. Please, sir, what is your name? He replied, Valiant. <laughs> and where do you come from? I come from the planet your Bible calls the morning and evening star. Uh, uh, Venus? Yes, sir. Can you prove this? <laughs> what do you constitute as proof? I, I don't know. Will you come with me to my ship? And Eisenhower said no. He actually said directly, my friend, I cannot come and go as I please. There are others to be considered. There are committees to be consulted and security measures to be adhered to. Please spend time with us. Let's be get, get better acquainted. Learn more about one another. Uh, and perhaps real soon, we shall see that ship. So he turned him down and he offered him a place to stay. And he would be immediately led to an apartment that was given to him where Valiant Thor would then spend the next three years living amongst us and learning all about it. I'm going to give you another picture of Valiant Thor. This is a picture of Valiant Thor, Jill, and Don. And those two are part of his crew who came with him on the ship, he did not arrive alone. He has a little crew uh, of people, but we'll worry about them a little later because they also look like humans. Uh, here's Valiant Thor, Jill, and Don. <clears throat> and Don. And Valiant Thor is wait, wait, whoa! Uh, never mind. Never. I mean, okay. Like, so look. this is just the same picture again, right? Yeah, this is a no, 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 no. This is different. No, it's a close dude, up this now. is the same picture. Are look you at the sure? Bottom. See, this is the bottom. Val and friends. Okay, see but at the bottom. It's the you same. You see the it's other. Just, it, no, it's no, just, this is not. No, no. Right, for people, who, for people who are curious, Mathis sent us one photo, which was a wide shot, yeah. where it was of the tablet. This photo he just sent us is the exact same shot, except closer, and the tablet is very here. clearly written notes. No, it's just not, a There's a pen clip to it. Yeah. And here's Valiant Thor and more of his friends. Valiant Thor is the one on the far right. This just looks like a All meeting right. of what? like... Who is this Taylor? Why does he have a why does he have a three-piece suit on? <laughs> it's the 50s. It's the 50s. He's from fucking Venus, bro. Yeah, but he, he he very quickly like started wearing human clothing to blend in with us. I see. I see. I see. I yeah. See. So he just he was like, well, I better get a fucking outfit on. <laughs> well, before they took Valiant Thor off to his ap apartment, another man burst in. And it turned out to be none other. Then Vice President Richard Nixon. Oh, damn! <laughs> dun, dun, dun! No one Valiant, expects... <laughs> Valiant Th Thor, when he saw him, recognized... Nixon met Valiant Thor? Yeah, obviously, dude. Okay, all right. And Valiant Thor immediately saw uh, to Nixon to be very sharp, quick-witted, with fixed eyes and an amazing aptitude towards speed and proficiency. He really just, he got a great vibe off of Nixon. 
<laughs> I, you can't see it, but it doesn't happen very often. But Alex had to lean back and just rub his eyes really it's, deep. It's just so bold to be like, and and he was meeting the president, and then he turned around, and Richard Nixon walked in. That's right. Valiant yeah. Thor was talking to Eisenhower and Nixon. Would you like to read their first encounter, gentlemen? Would I ever? <laughs> it starts with Nixon and then just go back and forth from there. I'm just going to get to hear an Alex Fasciani Nixon. I'm very this excited. This is just ripped out of the book verbatim. Very so. excited. You have certainly caused a stir <laughs> for an out-of-towner. The vice president smiled as he continued. Of course, we are not totally convinced of anything just yet. But suffice it to say, we are checking and double-checking everything you say and do. When Sergeant Young from Alexandria radioed in and stated that you had just landed in a flying saucer, we thought... He continued. Sergeant Young had flipped. Say, were you in on that UFO flap over Washington? You certainly had us all in a dither, you were, if you were. It's almost like the author was really desperately trying to prove that the flap happened and was writing his own evidence for it. I'm just, it, maybe. I don't know. He's that dead That flap! That real flap. Remember that? Remember that very real flap? I, as the vice president of the United States, do decree that that flap was real, and I have a question about it. Well, he assured us that uh, he, he went on Valiant Thor, answered the question by basically saying the planet had been under scrutiny for centuries, well before the 1945 uh, atomic bomb blast. And with his special letter still in the slightly quivering hand of the president, remember the, that, the, the tablet that had the language that he gave the ability to understand or read? He was immediately requested to follow the Secret Service back the way it had come to the Pentagon and into a beautifully furnished apartment where he would spend, like I said, the next three years of his life. He lived in the Pentagon. Valiant Thor lived in a, in a furnished apartment inside the Pentagon. Yeah. How yeah. come the, the alien tablet with non-human writing has a seven on it? That's, I mean, valid point. It could I be keep anything. looking at these images. Anything. You think Just I, because you see a seven, maybe seven is like oh, an L in alien language. Oh, you residual psychic energy from Valiant Oh, it could be that too. Yeah, honestly, that makes way. Into my Don't give him ideas. Don't do this. Um, during his time there, he uh, kept complete contact with his, his starship. In uh, many occasions throughout, he would just teleport himself in and out of his quarters whenever he felt like it, exercising what he called, quote unquote, trans imagery to cause the security guards to visualize his face on a non-existent ID badge. Doctor Who didn't invent the psychic paper. Valiant Thor did. Maybe Valiant Thor was just Doctor Who Ooh, now see that if you would have said this is the this is the guy who inspired Ooh. Doctor Who, I'd be like, oh, I get it because he's human. But no, you went alien. He's got a suit. He's warping in and out of the White House. He's warping in and out of the Pentagon. Yeah, he's, he can do whatever he wants. He's an alien from Venus. Uh, and if you're if you're wondering, like, hey, dude, we've got pictures of Venus. Why don't we see anything? How can they live on that hostile land world? Well, it's because he lives on their their, their species lives underground. Right. That Venus. just immunes and he them wants, to the and, gravity. And he, yeah, it, well, they're, you know, I don't know, eh, alien it's built really different. heavy gravity on Venus, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just and he also goes on to say that lots of life forms live this way on many, many planets right. underground and out of the harsh conditions where they've grown to evolve. It also became apparent very quickly that Valiant Thor could speak any language you wanted. It's French, English, Spanish, you name it. The man could speak it, and it didn't have to... He could speak everything. Yeah, because of the translation circuit in the TARDIS. Right. Oh, yeah, obviously. Um, it works psychically. <laughs> uh, like I said, he was able to maintain contact with the ship in his apartment, and he was constantly kept informed of the growing world tensions of Earth as he, as he stayed here. 
And during his time, he put, had his uniform through, uh, put through rigid tests of, uh, well, at the time, rigid tests of like the 1950s government to see exactly what this thing could handle, what his uniform was made out of, uh, and attempted to penetrate the material with a diamond drill bit, but it snapped under pressure. Acid rolled off the uniform and then burned a hole in the floor, and they fired a high-velocity rifle at the uniform that failed to pierce it. The report to the president read, quote, physical appearance, soft, sil soft silver and gold lustrous, fabric unknown, weight six, six ounces total, including boots, cut, close fitting like a tunic, no cuffs, pockets, buttons, zippers, clips or hooks, RTXT-2 uh, RTX tests, indestructible. Like a silver and gold morph suit that's invincible? <laughs> Pretty yes, sir. Pretty much just like a gymnastics outfit. I want you, I got to reiterate lots of people fully believe that this is a hundred percent real. Okay? Lots of people believe lots of stuff. I know. Stuff I just want to put that out there. I'm just putting that out there. And, and in an interview uh, he did back in the seventies, uh, when asked about what Valiant Thor felt like, he said when he shook his hand, uh, this is Dr. Strangest. Uh, when he strained, when he shook his hand, he had the grip of a man, but baby soft skin. I never want to hear that phrase, the grip of the man, Ooh. but with baby soft skin. That is the creepiest thing <laughs> anyone has ever said. The grip of a man, but with baby soft skin? That's psycho killer stuff. <laughs> the grip of a man, but with baby soft skin. Johnson's baby powder. Available now. Uh, but they weren't done testing this thing yet. The colonel, Colonel God, again, remember that wasn't his actual name for his privacy. Escorted Colonel God? Gold, 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 G-O-U-L-D. Oh, Colonel Sorry, God for his privacy. Yeah, Colonel God. Uh, he, was a bright, he, he was a very, like, he's like, he was very excited to run these tests on the uniform. And he escorted uh, violent, uh, violent, Jesus Christ. Uh, we're just going to call him uh, Thor for right now. Uh, That's he escorted Thor in his uniform to another room where he was going to perform one more test at what looked to be, to Valiant Thor, a laser instrument of some sort. And the laser, upon command, aimed a fine line of intense light amplification by stimulated emissions of radiation. And the colonel began his discourse that this device contained a crystal synthetic ruby in which atoms, when stimulated by focused light waves, amplify and concentrate these waves, then emit the beam. That's American technology? Yeah. Stars. He's explaining this to the alien who's like, tell me, what have you got here? <laughs> we, more or less he was very excitedly explaining what it is because valiant thor when he walked in when he saw it like i said he looked at the laser instrument amusingly he was very like like a little smirk on his face and as he was excitedly explaining what this machine does that excitement very quickly gave way to utter dismay because the ray was being totally ineffective against the uniform it's like a scene out of a really terrible television show <laughs> It's just like, why don't we have laser guns yet, you know? Yeah, I mean, if we've got this, like, ruby-focused, like, ultra wave that is supposed to be stronger than bullets that they tested on this thing, and acid that melted through the floor, by the way, I just want to put, I love that that was, like, one of the tests. It was just. Do you think it, you could still get killed from a bullet? Like, would it just, like, boing right into your body? I just, or? like, boing right into his body. I bet you that uniform has, like, advanced kin kin like kinesthetic energy. It's like he's, like, gambit built into a suit. Okay, all right. We're, I yeah, feel like they, we're writing, I feel like we're adding a little bit to this. Yeah, I feel like I, we're I just adding our own are, are we, are we, we're adding so? to the lore in a way yeah, I'm uncomfortable a, with. Are yeah. we making it better or are we making it worse? I don't think we're worse? making it anything. I think we're just kind of 
doing i think it's free free play on the free freestyle yeah we're yes ending this guy's legend yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh well not to be completely dejected by the failure of his new test he then went on to very excitedly explain how how powerful the United States had become since we learned how to split the atom. Gave him a gave Valiant Thor a lesson in atomic fusion, which I imagine Valiant Thor probably already knew, but was just was being cute. polite enough to listen, you sure. know, about it. Uh, and then he went on to state all that chain reaction of nuclear fission is set off by a neutron bombardment in the atoms of a or a charge of plutonium or uranium isotope with an atomic weight of two thirty five. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's I don't know. That's just, you know, but that was what he was telling Valiant Thor all about it. And the national secrets, scientific principles <laughs> at the heart of our most valuable national secrets. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's an alien. What are you going to do? They can already destroy you. Who it's cares? an alien. What are you going to do? Can you imagine if this was just fucking real? Can you can you like what would you do? Like if How you just you? found out real. somehow that this was just real, dude. If this like, was the the reality of aliens having visited us, it was Valiant Thor. I'd probably just jump out off a building. Some dude in a suit who chilled in an office in the Pentagon with mind powers that just like I, here's the here's the thing. If this isn't just photos of of like a made up like he just chose photos and said this, it is, looks like Tony Curtis. Yeah, if this yeah. isn't just random photos of a dude and he's saying this is Valiant Thor. If this is a guy they brought into the White House, still. Even that is shocking. They're like just a dude like, who got into man? the White House. Yeah. He just looks like a dude and he's an alien yes. and they all believed him. And Nixon's like, <laughs> I just wanted to see if you want to drink. Like, if that was you, that's fucking ballsy, bro. You're yes. so ballsy. It's just like of you. a dude. Like a dude just showed up. That's still ballsy. Dude, I, I, I need to apologize, by the way. It's not the book he wrote wasn't Saucer Mania, it was called Saucerama. My bad. Saucerama. Yeah. Now we're talking about I want to eat. That was the book like that got him to self-publish festival. after yeah. that. Uh, it's a weekend pasta festival in the countryside. <laughs> the time was drawing near that Dr. Strangest was going to actually get to meet Valiant Thor. At the time, Valiant Thor was actually working closely with somebody that he calls Nancy Warren. She was oh, yeah. one of only Nancy yeah, Warren. Sure, sure. Yeah. We know her as Natasha Romanoff. Okay. <laughs> no, Nancy Warren uh, is he like, goes out of his. If you know the late night talk show circuit, everyone talks about Nancy Warren. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Uh, he goes out of his way to specify that she was one of only a few since his arrival at the Pentagon and whom he was able to discern an honest and open heart because she was one who loved the almighty God, her country and her fellow man. And that, and so Valiant Thor trusted her and spoke with her often. And she began to formulate a plan where she could introduce Valiant Thor to who else? Our main star attraction, Dr. Strangest. Time out. Question, just like real question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Valiant Thor respected her. Yes, sir. Because of what? Because she, yeah, yeah. Uh, She respected her and was able to open up with her and had trust with her. Because? Because. She had an open heart, right? Was honest, yeah, and loved the Almighty God, right? Her country, uh-huh. and her fellow man. All things that aliens give a shit about, right? Yeah, no, I get uh, it. You tell duh. me, Valiant Thor is a fucking Christian? He's well, because Jesus is an alien, right? From Venus, so he just. Well, I don't know if he's, so he's, he's from just Venus. Well, then why would he care? Why would he? Why would this alien well, he, care uh, about he, another he, alien? He responds and, and, to the High Council. He responds. The High Council cares. Right, yeah. You forgot about the high they council already? God, they you love a God-fearing human. They you love gotta them. keep in mind. Yeah, they were like, yeah. oh, we can control these people. Yeah. <laughs> I love when somebody is religious. 
to the Christian Well, yeah, because well, God is is everywhere. He created the universe. He created right. aliens. And canonically accurate, oh. Jesus is the way. Yeah, no, I get it now. That hey. would be fucked up. It, that would be <laughs> actually insane. If, if, like, in five years, aliens land and they're, like, fucking, like, all crucifixes and shit, how crazy would that be? Here's <laughs> even more think about that. You know how you think about, like, when aliens land, what would that do to world religions? And at the end of the day, you think, like, well, if God can create people, God can create an alien, right? Like, that kind of thing. But if they landed and they were like, hello, fellow believers in Christ, my name is Glormok. <laughs> yeah. If they landed and like hit us with that, that would now that would be mind blowing. I would be like, oh, yeah, dude, I, no! I would just like, I got to go to church. <laughs> well, it was time in Nancy's mind that Valiant Thor meet Dr. Strange's and she took him to one of Dr. Strange's lectures slash serve religious services that he conducted at the National Evangelistic Center pastored at the time by Dr. John Mears in Washington, D.C. So he, he, he took her to like a, I just imagine it's just like one of those like mega preacher, like trying to make it big, but never really gets out of the small stage he has in the small town. Like that's the kind of guy he is. Um, I vibe with that. <laughs> uh, strangely enough, the, the photographer in New Jersey who took those pictures of Valiant Thor had actually given uh, the uh, photographs of him to Doctor Strange, and he had been displaying them at his lectures had ever since. So he was already aware of Valiant Thor, that, that he was around. He was preaching the word of Valiant Thor, I guess, in a weird way. Um, and that's uh, at the end of everything that was done, uh, at the end of the service, she was uh, unable to grab his attention right away because what was he doing? Well, he was super busy signing copies of his book saucerama what the f this is like who like from what whose point of view is this written uh i guess technically dr strange's technically because he wrote the book okay I guess right? technically yeah all right yeah all but the information okay so the information he's relaying comes from valiant thor but it's told to him and then he writes the book it's like a biography kind of i guess that he wrote well, like more of like what he was doing here and why he was here, you know, which we'll get to over time. Don't yeah, you sure. worry. Well, to get his attention, she decided to do what most government officials do. She flashed her Pentagon ID and that got his attention instantaneously. They were able to very quickly borrow the pastor's study room. And then she asked him uh, if he would like to meet the man in the photographs that he was using. And what did he say? Well, of course. Why would he not want to see an alien and meet the alien? And so... She simply said, then you have to follow my instructions to the letter, to which he replied he would. And she told, to, told, her to meet, uh, told him to meet her at the curb in front of her hotel the curb? at 8 a.m. the next morning. The curb at the front I'm of her hotel. I'm not coming up to get you. <laughs> but I don't wait. If you want to know what, what hotel it happened at, you don't get to know. The Waldorf. You don't get to learn. Or what street or where this corner The Ritz-Carlton. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was staying at the Ritz-Carlton. And so she left and went off. And, and the next morning, he, he arrived and she was right on time. And on that time, when they met up, they began to discuss the journey of the aliens and life in general, which to him would prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is truly life in God's universe. If you don't, so, you know, again, all reaffirming that God is in control of aliens. I, I, and Jesus 
I feel like we already have an answer to that, though. Like, if if you believe in the universe, we're already proof of life in the... Right? Am I crazy? I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Are you trying to make sense She's to like, me? like, finally, proof of life in God's universe. Like, wait a minute. Time out. What? Uh, like, I, I don't really know. I think it means, like, aside from us, right? Yes, I think, I think that's it's what it basically means, yeah. exactly what I think it's basically exactly what we were joking about, right? Yeah. Finding out that God is, like, a constant in the universe beyond... I guess. Uh, Earth? I. It's so... It's so upsetting to me that how absolutely fake this all is. Like it is <laughs> plastered with just some of the. F- uh, there's no way an alien would be like, "Are you a believer?" That's very important to me. <laughs> I mean, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior? You know, that's again, if God is is the universe then i would love to know why jesus would be the savior of venus now if he has a story if there's evidence that jesus <laughs> resurrected to venus and he's like yo i'm here to save the the venetians like maybe that's his what if that's jesus's thing what if that's his like he's like the messiah creature and he teleports and now he's an alien that's teleports interesting i want more of that story planet to planet yeah. saving the people that's his whole thing that well, that's the other. Yeah, that's the other. The story first Jesus superhero, the bro. Captain. Yeah, the, the first, first Avenger. Exactly. Jesus Christ, the first <laughs> Avenger. Yeah. Doctor Strange's the first Avenger. I like that. So the next, as they met at 8 a.m., they hopped in a car and they headed straight for the Pentagon. They drove through security, but instead of taking what he says is like the normal route to the Pentagon, they took a strange left and drove through some strange areas where guards looked at his identification badge and visualized what it was supposed to say. Again, some more crazy psychic paper stuff. He would then be picked up, handcuffed, and thrown into jail somewhere was his belief that any minute that they were going to realize he's a fraud and take him away. But it didn't happen. He did not get picked up and thrown into jail. Uh, He instead walked right into the Pentagon, up to the front door of this apartment, and as the door opened and he walked in, there were other men standing there. But weirdly, the three other men in the room were completely unaware of his presence and apparently could not see him. Only to later find out the reason was Valiant Thor has the power to cloud minds and render fucking Professor X them. And he rendered them oblivious to their entire hangout session. There were just three dudes chilling. In there. case you're wondering why there's no witnesses at all. Right. Uh, they can't see him. Were they frozen? X-Men 2. Chilling there, three dudes? Yeah. Yeah, they were just standing there, you know, government crony dudes in suits, I imagine. Uh, He doesn't really go into detail. He does describe one man that walks by. He looks, he said he was about six feet tall, 185 pounds with brown wavy hair and brown eyes. Uh, You know, uh, but when he looked into the room, he really got nervous because he said when he looked in, it looked as though as he was looking right through Frank. And that made him really nervous. But... He didn't have time to get too nervous because as soon as that happened, that's when Valiant Thor stepped forward, reached out his hand and said, hello, Frank, how are you? So then he gave him a joint and he was like, come here, sit on the comfy couch. With me. <laughs> we have some talking to do. <laughs> and that's when put on he... some Jefferson Starship. <laughs> and that's when he reached out and grabbed his hand to shake it. And again, describes what he said was surprised to feel the soft texture Baby of his soft. skin. Like that of a baby, but with the strength of a man. I told you that was just the way he described it. 
a man. That's just the hands of somebody who's played Nintendo GameCube for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> he says that his grip was an example that uh, silently testified to his power and intensity. He could tell by his handshake. I love watching just. I don't think Jesse's mouth is closed the whole time. It just been power and intensity. Yeah, from his everything, everything that you just said there again, just clip it, take it out of context. Insane, insane. Well, I'm going to read the say. next bit verbatim from the book because it's just yeah, the handshake of a man, the skin Thor. of a supple little baby. <laughs> there was such power and intensity in that little baby hand. Like it's just <laughs> what you're saying is mm, crazy. Well, baby, 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 baby. I will continue. Ahem, and this is all from the book. His voice was very strong and mellow. It was filled with purpose and character. I again looked around the room to see whether the other men would say or do anything. They were still working as if I weren't there. I noticed that he was wearing the same type of clothing as I. When I asked if he possessed any other clothing, he said that he had given several officials a garment so that they could run tests on it. He then proceeded to a closet and produced a one-piece suit that glittered as the sun, which streamed in through the window, hit the fabric. I thought that it looked like liquid sunshine. I asked him about the material from which it was made, and he answered, It is made of a material not of this earth. The general appearance of the suit was all one piece, even down to the boots. It contained no buttons, zippers, or snaps. I asked him how it held together. He demonstrated by holding the front together and passing his hand over it as if to smooth it out. I could not even locate the opening. It was held together by an invisible force. Sweet. <laughs> That's like... What a beautiful description of this man. Do you think this is just like a fake a book all about the man he was secretly in love with? You know what? The more you write, the more I'm like, this is some erotic. <laughs> the more I write. <laughs> I'm reading to you right a now. Right? Supple hand caressed it, my body. He, he is becoming kind of like a Mr. Gray. Yeah, type like it's bit, a little, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has like mind slaves in his apartment in the <laughs> Pentagon. Like what's going on here? Well, you asked earlier, like, what well, if he did all this? What was his point? Why did he come to Earth? What was his well, point? Well, I can finally tell what you. What is the point of all of this? He told, he told Dr. Strangest directly that his purpose in coming was to help mankind return to the Lord. Yeah. No, that checks out. Ooh, so he's an angel. No, he's an well, alien. Well, we, yeah, he's an alien. Follower yeah, yeah, yeah. of Christ. He, he went on to explain that huma humanity at this moment was further away from God than Ever before, well, yeah. but there was still a good chance if man looks in the right place. And he told him that he had been here, uh, which intrigued the, which intrigued Doctor Strange, and is told that, I, that he had been involved as a private investigator for some time, even working at times on loan to some of the government agencies. He learned that the science of fingerprints, with the impressions of the lines and whorls on the inner surface of the last joint of each finger on the human hand. He told me him that all Earth people were thusly marked since the fall of Adam, Adam in the Garden of Eden during the very dawn of civilization as we know it today. I don't know what I had to do with fingerprints, but I just wanted to get that out there. And I didn't know how else to do it other than just read that verbatim as well. It sounds like it sounds like something that was written in a time when that sounded like way more sci-fi than it does yeah. today. Like it sounds like like they're oh they, they use fingerprints. It's like. You know, I don't know, like, it seems like somebody thought fingerprints were, like, super high-tech at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it was then, the 50s. It was 1957. So, you know, that shit's all, like, brand new. He goes on to, like, push him a little bit, asking him, uh, kind of, like, weirdly giving giving Valiant Thor, like, a, 
are you actually a like a religious believer test? Discussing the merits of Jesus Christ, how Jesus gave his life freely so that he, we could all as humanity enjoy the benefits of eternal life. He questioned him about a Bible on Venus, and he assured me that a personal unbroken fellowship with the author did not necessitate the printing of a book. Oh, the AKA, Pope. They're so close to God right. that the whole species, no, the whole species, every Venusian right. is so close to God, there's no need for a book because they're basically akin there's to no godliness. There's no need for a book? Uh, see, here's the thing. I, I would question that. If I was, <laughs> if I'd be like, you know, I'd be, this is, this is one of those like Captain Kirk, what does God need with a starship? This is me. I would be like in this guy's grill. Like, hold on, you don't have a Bible? Well, then <laughs> doesn't there's no need. There's no oh, need. And, this and is, a, a this big is a trap. Because they, they chat. No, they no, chat no, on no, the red no, directly. No, no, this is a trap. They got that God to God direct connect. That face that psychic you know, rock. That beacon. This has convinced me that if I was an alien, I was going to go to a world, I would 100% learn about like one of their major religions and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally in on that. And then I would, that's the easiest way to control the masses. <laughs> why why are you trying to control yeah, the masses because here? i'm an evil alien just like this guy oh you're an evil <laughs> alien just like this this guy i don't I, you know what i believe he's real i believe him now you think he's like the talented mr yep. ripley of the yep, whole planet he's gonna get us all to buy into a monorail <laughs> yeah. or something this guy's up to no good i don't like <laughs> him <laughs> <laughs> well uh you know valiant thor found, found it amusing that there were so many people on this planet theologians and so on that were attempting to discredit both Jesus and the Bible. The very, you know, one of the things what out the here that, fuck? that a lot of people say is like, if God is real, why are so many bad things happening? You know, where's all his blessings and his gifts? And the very God that many assume here on Earth that is dead, you know, no longer exists, on Venus lavishes them with good things all the time. Oh, and that perhaps right. humanity in time will permit the spark of divine light to once again illuminate their troubled hearts. No, no, that's what I got out of all of my readings of the Bible, is that if you just believe, right. then you get good things. I believe that's how, the, right. yeah, I think that's how that works. If you just submit and believe, you get good things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what, that's, that yeah, sounds like exactly. faith, right? But there's a little bit more to Jesus that we got wrong and what happened after Jesus' death here on Earth. Sound, sounds like it. Uh, he actually pressed on to Valiant Thor asking what he thought of Jesus Christ. And Valiant Thor said, quote, I know that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega of yours and everyone else's faith. He today has assumed his rightful position as the ruler of the universe and is preparing a place and a time for all who are called by so his name more... to ascend far above the clouds to where his power and authority shall never again be disputed. Is this more Mormonism? Which horrifying like, to me, by the way. Like, everyone gets a planet? Like, you get a planet, and you get a planet. <laughs> Scientology is similar, right? I mean, like, I just, I have so many questions about, so Jesus rules the universe. Yes, he is the ruler of the universe. Okay, so the reason we are not in the universe club of Jesus is because... All the non-Christians? And is the and does Universe Jesus have a preference? Does he like Methodists more? No, or not. what does he how does he feel about Catholics? I mean, that's a tough question to answer when God is an alien, you know. I just I mean, like, you know, is it like denominational? Is what there, is his physiology? Yeah, is, is he, he more of a Southern purple? Baptist? How does Jesus work? Can we ask him that question? Or does he is he like 
Jesus welcomes everyone. Bro. No, because when when he was told that what I just said, uh, Frank's own heart began to burn and tears filled his eyes. Right. He knew right. that he spoke an eternal truth when it came to God. Why is it? It's so weirdly religious. Well, I, it's, it's weird to me that it would be religious. No, it's happening. Okay, so, you know, there, there's a reason, like, this topic came up because of JFK and the JFK stuff led to Castro, but also alien stuff. And then it all kind of backtracked to this stuff before it could get to the JFK alien stuff. But the big thing is, this is happening today. Like, this was a time where UFOs were really hot and crazy and all over the place. And you kind of have, you had two thoughts in terms of religion, right? Those who don't believe and those who are already saying they're not UFOs, they're demons or they already exist. It's them. These people are trying, I think in my mind, trying to take something that might scare them, that might be bigger than them, that they, they're not sure what it is and trying to just simply integrate it into their beliefs so that they can rationalize it away. That's just, that's my own pet theory, at least partially. It feels like a little propaganda e where it's the idea yeah. Oh, yeah. of... During this time period, the 50s, though. 60s, 70s, there was that time period of like, oh, yeah, we're starting to see space and we're starting to think outside of planet yep. Earth. And what are the ramifications yep. of that? And is there yep. life out there? We're now, we're now at this time too to further that point. Um, we're also now at the point where Operation Paperclip is getting us to space. That's what I'm saying. We have Nazi scientists littered in our, our government, like Von Braun, right? Werner Von Braun, he's, he's in there and he's like getting us to the moon. And for some people, I think it's just, you know, like that's, where where space is, is like right in fucking front of us for the very first yeah, time. No, it poses questions that are uncomfortable that people have to face, and a lot of the time, that uncomfortableness was like science. It, you can see it happening right now. Science is king, and there and that becomes a pushback. And so now, like during this time period, it was like, well, sure, maybe we're going to space, and you all like science, but what if the aliens are into Jesus and science was wrong? And it's very similar to like right now. Yeah, that's cool then. Then you're cool. It's very similar right now when it's like science, 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 and then vaccines are killing us. Yeah. And science is evil only through Christ. And you're like, okay, all right, sure. Yeah. As I'm saying, like, I see so much of what's happening in this story. And a lot of when we talk about this time period, just modernly being repeated today with the UFO sightings, once again, kind of getting crazy. But now we have the government kind of like acknowledging that it's no different. It's no different than saying the earth revolves around the sun. Liar stone this dude. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yep. mm -hmm. except except over the years, it becomes less and less like. Kill people and more like propaganda. And this next part goes exactly to what you were saying, Jesse, is like. Well, okay, now space is in front of us. What if there's other life out there? God said, you know, our Bible says we're the only ones, that we're like the centerpiece of everything. We're made after him, after his image. And so when he did press him on other life, he did, you know, he did press Valiant Thor. And this is supposedly what Valiant Thor said, quote, there is life on many other planets of which the people of Earth know nothing. There are more solar systems for which man has not given enough credit to God. There are many beings that have never transgressed the perfect laws of God. Man does not possess the right to condemn the whole of God's creation because he himself has broken the perfect laws of God through disobedience. Here's the thing. Jesus fucking Christ. Take out the God stuff for a minute. Take out like you broke. Everything else about that is kind of beautiful and sad at the same time. Like it perfectly sums up the human condition. Just remove the bit where he's like, you pissed off God. And he jumps into Seymour Guado, yeah. Yeah, everything else is like... Yeah, you know what? Maybe we don't deserve to be part of the, the galactic community. And like, maybe we do have to work out our own shit. And like, like all of that checks out. And it's like, 
Yeah, but no, <sighs> you just don't believe hard enough. Which is what? Uh, what came out? What came out first? The day the Earth stood still, or this? Ooh, I don't know. The when did day the... the Earth stood still would be the fifty-one. 50s? Okay, so okay, so that first. that's absolutely what this is. Yeah, a, a holy God version of it. It's no, literally no somebody was like, what if the exact same thing that happened in the day the earth should still happened, except it yeah. was a Christian. And I'm not and I'm not trying to like and I want to put this forward too. like I'm not trying to shit on Christianity or, or anything like that. This particular story. Uh, one of the reasons another reason I really like focused on this particular story is because it's been covered a lot out there uh, in the worlds of podcasts and videos and articles. But it's always from the angle of like, what if it's real without really talking about Without actually, without really talking about in detail the really religious and like I think kind of like almost afraid man's angle from this, who is also trying to make a ton of money, uh, and I think that's way more important because it's all wrapped in, inevitably in, in uh, unse- inseparably wrapped in religion, and to to look at the Valiant Thor story without diving into the religious angle is doing the story a disservice. Period. It's silly and it's goofy and it's clearly a work of fiction. But it's, you know, people look at this because aliens and they're like, oh, it might be real, that kind of thing. And it's just important to look at the facts behind everything. Here. I actually love what you brought up earlier, Alex, about like the the previous things that would have come before this. I just went to go look because I was like, when was War of the Worlds? And yeah. book form, that's late 1800s. But then you have like audio yeah. drama and stuff. But then also you have things like in 1912, uh, A Princess of Mars, right? You have all these books and ideas yeah. of what space is and all of it like princess of mars like all of it's a little erotic mm. a little like yeah, sexy yeah, yeah. alien ladies and so of course you're gonna have the like on venus we yeah. are religious as shit and yep. mars we don't talk to those people they're awful but venus we're right <laughs> with christ like and you can see right. kind of like pushback of it and selling it you have a built-in audience like you know when you talk about oh yeah you know, the jobs we do and the things and that we do everyone talks about like a oh, built-in audience like if you're trying to sell stuff to like a religious community you have a built-in audience of people who want to believe that jesus is hanging out with people on venus yeah um and another we're actually going to get to here is like there's a part of me too that thinks frank kind of made a very half-assed attempt at making his own kind of cult and one that were like centered around him and he was special and all these things he just didn't have the oomph, the pizzazz that a lot of other cult leaders have. Uh, he's very boring. You can go listen to his interviews and he's got that nerd voice that you just can't get rid of. And like, he just didn't have that onstage charisma. And I say that because if things went slightly differently for him, I can see this man. We've done so many true crime things on, on cults and serial killers. I see echoes of it in some of the writing here. And I'm going to get to that like in just a minute. Um, he, when he, when he was, when, uh, Valiant Thor said all of that stuff about the disobedience of God and whatnot. Uh, the next concern for Doctor Strange's was what would he what would Valiant Thor do if the military decided to prevent him from the leaving on the day that he was appointed to leave? And Valiant Thor, calm and smiling, simply said, Frank, do you remember one day after Jesus arose from the dead? He had gone in search of several of his followers. They closed themselves in a locked room and suddenly they saw Jesus standing in their very midst above them. He smiled and looked over to uh, then over, over to the uh, to Doctor Strange's and said, "Need I say more? Why would he know 
about the backstory of Earth Jesus. Does Jesus like brag about all of his it's exploits? It's all part of like, the plan, bro. This one time, bro. It's all part of the li- it's all yeah. one time. I like, showed up at a meeting, dude. They thought I was dead, but I wasn't dead, dude. It was well, amazing. We get the other Bibles when we unlock the secrets of this one. <laughs> right. But this meeting was about to come to an end, and Doctor Strange's was about to leave. But before he left, he said one last thing. Valiant Thor said one last thing to him. Please, keep your faith and leave the same way that you came in. Continue to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will in time be added to you and yours. Goodbye for now, and God bless you and keep you always. Okay. To Merry Very Christmas alien. to all, and yeah. to all a good night. Obviously to Dr. Strange's, he left shattered. In a good way. His heart was full yet heavy. He didn't know what to do with this information. He was astounded, but also heavily encouraged that everything he believed in was reaffirmed. He began to wonder who'd even believe him once he began to tell the story. It's too crazy for anybody to believe. He even considered not repeating the story to anybody. But of course, the more he thought about it, and more importantly, the more he prayed about it, the more he felt felt that this was too great a blessing to keep to himself. Right. And so he began to pour forth the interplanetary knowledge that he, w- he was able to attain from Valiant Thor, not only about God and science, but obviously also about Frank. He actually stated, Valiant Thor stated to Frank that his book, Saucerama, could not have been written without heavenly guidance. <laughs> and that's where I was like, my first red flag after reading this book, I was like, Saucerama is the most godlike book ever written. Better than the Bible. I was like, oh. This was your attempt to get sell so Christian, many more. You need to this read is like Saucerama. You have to read Saucerama. Oh god. You have got it's un, you have got to read Saucerama. <laughs> His instructions via 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 uh, god damn it, I keep saying vibe. Valiant Thor's instructions were to leave Washington DC no later than March 16th, 1960, which was exactly 3 years after the day that he landed his ship. Three that meant years. at the moment after his meeting that there were less than three months during which he could confirm, uh, confer with scientists, politicians, milita- military men, and so on. And they all, of course, missed his point entirely. They were all filled with self-ambition and cared little for the pressing needs of mankind, which is so, if you have a literal alien living in the Pentagon for three years, do you uh, like you really would just disregard everything he said? Why do you even have him live with, in the Pentagon? Why three really? years? Why doesn't he just say what he has to say in like a few days and go? It's just like weird internet mysterious details that barely make sense. It's so weird. It, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Valiant Thor brought about his best efforts to try and bring about an end to the sickness and disease that plagued the planet. But was w- uh, met with resistance and refusal from our government. What? We told you once, aliens, we don't want it. I don't trust <laughs> the government anymore. You mu- I gotta read Sasurama. God, <laughs> uh, he's the only one that has the truth. He was told, uh, and by he I mean, of course, Valiant Thor, was told over and over again that his presence and his ideas were a threat to the political and economic structure of the world. That sounds like Nixon. <laughs> now I believe it. Uh, and even certain religious leaders were also fearful of losing grip on the people in the event that his presence was admitted on an official level. So see, he's even wrapping in other religions to pull from their base. He's starting to write the idea of like, I have the truth. Uh, do you remember when we when we did um, 
way back in the day. Uh, that three-parter on that serial killer um, where his dad was a preacher in like the early days. Sure. And he like splint, splintered off with his own version of Christianity that he tried to rally and just kind of failed doing. That's what this feels like. He's trying to tap into that UFO fervor to build his religion. It's like a very interesting way of getting to become a mega preacher, I guess. It's very bizarre. Very JRPG. <laughs> uh i guess to valiant thor all of this was so super disheartening the administration failed to lay hold of such information that could change the course of human activities for the good because of economic reasons you know money and capitalism drove us away from from saving uh, being saved by the religious aliens uh obviously security regulations were super tight but it didn't really matter because uh, valiant thor could come and go as he pleased and uh, they played, and Valiant Thor would disappear and teleport out to go meet Doctor Strangest over the next three months to give him all of the information that he was to foretell. And that's what we'll pick up next week with the last part of Valiant Thor and his meeting and this planetary interactions. I love this. On I love Earth. this. Yeah, dude, it's a two parter. I'm not going to start. I ain't starting 2023 without a two parter. <laughs> Uh, and well, he's going to, you know, Nixon has still got some part to play. There's some secret FBI, uh, CIA files that we'll talk about. And obviously more pictures of Valiant Thor. Uh, in fact, we'll be talking a little bit next time about some flying saucers that were photographed over Africa. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick teaser of that right now. I'm, I'm not going to put for it. This, I'm ready for this story to kick it up into like scary don't get like it's not gonna i mean i don't know if it'll scare you but it might it might scare you a little bit but again it didn't it never really took off his his whole attempt never really took off this this looks this is like with a bit of hot sauce on top a couple drops good stuff (laughs) that's not an egg that's That's a flying saucer over south africa that's chili crisp sauce poured over a fried egg yeah, well, next week we'll talk. We'll begin with all where the meetings began, how it all went down, and photographs of flying saucers over buildings throughout. I'm talking the about 50s. the Vatican's time machine on the mini so Sign up at patreon.com slash pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for the support on Patreon for, for so long. It's it's your Lara lifeblood. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Anyway. Me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, Holy shit, get out here! So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky. 